0: everybody, welcome to This Board Game Life, episode number 000001, and I think that might be binary. My name is Rob, and I have uh, with me my co-host for this show, Jeff.
1: Hey everyone.
0: And uh, this show, I guess, is this is the inaugural podcast number one, or maybe the pilot episode, uh, whatever you want to call it. And uh, this is the show where we talk about board games and uh, probably uh, anything else we want to talk about, but mainly focusing on board games.
1: And, and the real people who play them.
0: Absolutely. Like, uh, like Jeff, I, and, and you, all of our listeners here. All right. So uh, now that we got that all out of the way, how about uh, we get going with some action here? So a uh, brief little introduction. Uh, for us here uh, again uh, my name is Rob I'm based out of uh, Chicago area not based I live in the Chicago area
1: <laughs> that's, your, that's your work talking
0: yes exactly <laughs> I, I fly into Chicago for these shows all Right. yeah I, I live abroad but uh, yeah my uh, uh, I work in the technology field I work on uh, Cisco phone systems uh, all over the country and uh Let's see, I got into board gaming, let's see how long ago, actually when I was really little I got into board gaming and then had a little bit of a resurgence about in 2007, 2008, and then, you know, hit the hobby hard back in uh, late uh, 2010, early 2011, and heck, here I am. And uh, how about you, Jeff?
1: Yeah, so, uh, of course, I've been board gaming most of my life as well. Uh, I played games all as a kid, but really uh, picked up Avalon Hill games somewhere around the age of 10, I think it was. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was. my parents used to drag me around to all kinds of places, and there I was at a flea market bored to death, and there was a copy of one of these 1976 Blitzkrieg war games. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't didn't even play it right, but, uh, you know, kind of piqued my interest. And it was the start. Yeah, it was the start. So uh, so I, I picked up a whole bunch more, and, um, you know, I, I pretty much played from age 10 through college somewhere around there and had uh, a couple long pauses, but, uh, you know, I've played, of course, the, the war games and different games back then. I did uh, role-playing, miniature gaming and, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, found out about these Euro games. And, uh, you know, that's really uh, really where I developed a, a greater love, I guess, for the, the art of board gaming and uh, was able to enjoy many, many more games and quicker games and that sort of thing. So uh, then I was into that and, and then I had a pause and basically, you know, um, I think through the Xbox it was, discovered... Maybe it was Ticket to Ride even, and, um, came up with that idea that, oh, maybe my wife would enjoy some of these games too, and, uh, then got back into it, and, uh, you know, that was maybe, this last time was back in 2008, I wanna say, Mm -hmm. and, uh, been going strong since then, so. Uh, and then of course, a little bit more about me personally. I'm also into technology, uh, not the, the Cisco phone, stuff like uh like rob here but uh more uh more fun stuff like uh virtualization uh and storage area networks that sort of thing uh well fun for you maybe yeah fun for me. phones are where it's at well and once upon (laughs) a time uh so let's see how long have i known you now
0: i'd say probably what like at least 14 years maybe
1: yeah that sounds about right uh but i never knew you uh Played board games as well. I think yeah. uh, it was it was uh, was well, a I, hidden secret. Well, I remember you had made a comment once about having a friend that sold Avalon Hill games, used ones, or something like that. Oh yeah,
0: it was my buddy Mike in, in
1: was Las it? Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what I probably said to you at the time, but there was a, a point where I had sold off my whole collection and mm-hmm. I had, I had bought somebody's and then turned around and sold it off for, for a profit. And it was, it was kind of gone in, in and out of it back then. But, uh, but then, you know, then we had that, that secret handshake the one day, right? Everybody knows the secret board game. Handshake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I didn't know it at the time. Ah,
0: uh, well,
1: I'm <laughs> so making I, it up anyway. I,
0: so I didn't know it at the time. So I, I, I didn't recognize it.
1: There, there ought to be that though, because you know, uh, in in our field, we meet lots of different new people, and you just, you know, you never know. Sometimes I suspect, but if if only there was that like BGG pin on somebody's collar or something, right? The the bumper sticker, I don't know, some some way uh, to know without without bringing it up and then having to spend, of course, the the half hour explaining that you don't mean Monopoly or Risk. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because, you know, to everybody, you know, board games mean monopoly. It just, it, yeah, it's just, it's funny how that works. Yeah.
1: It, it's actually, uh, I had the conversation with uh, a couple people that I that I work with back when, and I had actually used Access and Allies, thinking everybody would know that one, um, mm-hmm. and no one did. So, you know, I, I almost, at this point, if it were me, I would use Dungeons & Dragons just because <laughs> it's so off but at least in terms of, Hey, it's something more complicated than, you know, um, and yes, it's, it's, it's a geek activity. So, yeah. Oh yeah. But I'd rather they think something like that than, you know, monopoly risks. <laughs> They're just kind of off in the wrong direction on those. And,
0: or candy land. Yeah. Or, of or all, all of those. Yeah. With, with me, like, uh, you know, when I was little, I, had a whole ton of games that i was really into and you know they were the standard a lot of them were the standard games that you know they had in the 80s and i don't know if late 70s would count but uh, you know besides you know the regular chess and bingo and stuff that you know you can get like you know parents or grandparents to play like my fondest memory was with uh the old tsr game dungeon yes did you ever play that one it's like, yeah. man, I loved that game. That game was... I mean, that was probably the first game that ever really kind of hit home, and it's like, it's like, wow, I really want to play this game. This game's a lot of fun. And, you know, by today's standards, it's probably pretty simple.
1: I mean, not much to you, it. Did you ever find anyone that would play it with you? or When I was little? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I had my buddy... Uh, luke that would play all the time and i could never get any parents or anything to play so it was just you know some friends that i would sucker into playing it and i actually still have it i've got it in my garage and i sort of i mean i want to pull it out and play it but i kind of don't
1: yeah i have gone back and played a lot of the games that i thought were great back then and so few of them have been but and you know, it's like I don't want to ruin it because yeah, it, it's better it, that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of uh, remember the old Atari game Pitfall.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's
0: like Pitfall, I had the fondest memories of it. Like, oh, this game was great. Okay.
1: You're know, jumping over there. You go. I wasn't and, sure where you were going with that one. And and you, and it I, sucks. I, yeah, yeah, now from. You know, yeah, but then there are a couple of games that are old that maybe would be fun to go back to, but yeah, I don't think Pitfall would be one of them. <laughs> yeah. So I mean,
0: I'm because Pitfall was my how I remembered it was forever changed by me playing it a couple of years back, and I don't want that to happen with my beloved Dungeon. But anyway, so. You know, it it went from dungeon to, uh, you know, fast forward a lot of years and a lot of bad Monopoly games, and I actually had one game of Axis and Allies, and when you just mentioned it, I just remembered it. It was one game of Axis and Allies I was going to play at my buddy's house. We spent 45 minutes setting it up, (laughs) (laughs) and then I was like, dude, I I, I can't play this. (laughs) I probably pissed him off so bad.
1: Yeah, and and you know I I've got some uh, thoughts I'll probably say for a, a future episode, uh-huh. but uh, Access and Allies is an interesting story for me. I mean, and, and in some ways it was a gateway game I used for people to get them to play Avalon Hill games. But right. you know, long story short, and, and reflecting upon it, as like mm, you know, maybe I didn't play quite as many war games as I thought I did. You know, I had a lot of them, but I think I might have had more fun with some of the other stuff. Uh, yeah. And of course. Most people know Axis and Allies isn't a real war game, but yeah. uh, not by not by Avalon Hill standards. But you know, oh, yeah. hey, it's it's one I I actually own them now, and I, uh, mm-hmm. I have some fun with them. So, and, but uh, you know, we've sort of neglected to mention another interesting point of information about our show, which is uh, where it, where it came from, or more specifically, where where you came from, Rob.
0: Oh, sure. Um... I guess basically this is uh would you call it a, a sister show?
1: A spin-off? I guess it a can't spin-off? be a spin off since you're still on the other
0: show. Well there's I mean there are some bad spin offs if you're considering t- TV at least.
1: Well I'm thinking but... like Cleveland, you know, he kinda leaves Family Guy <laughs> to go and do his own thing. So it's yeah. not really the case here. <laughs> but uh at, yeah. at least not now, unless we can fully steal you over to the board gaming world. But... Right. Eh, maybe. You never know. You never
0: know what the future holds. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's a show, uh, This Xbox Life, uh, which has been around for hmm, probably going on four years now, at least three and a half years, about uh, 180 shows in. And uh, I've been doing that for the last three and a half, four years now with uh, my buddies uh, Mark, Kyle, and Brunn. Kyle has since branched off. I think it was last year, and he's doing a show called Achievement Hounds with uh, a bunch of other people.
1: And that's – I had almost 100 episodes now too.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's probably 100 episodes, and full content is probably about 10,000 hours because wow. <laughs> some of their shows are really long.
1: And then, uh, and then there was 100 episodes before uh, yeah, Xbox Life as well. And, that's,
0: uh, that's right. Uh, Brun, Kyle, and Mark uh, did a show uh, on a podcast network called Xbox Podcast, or sometimes the show which shall not be named.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's ancient history. At
0: the yeah, it's ancient, ancient history, and uh, the uh, domain is currently at a squatter's uh, ownership right now, so that's a shame. Maybe someday we'll get it. But, uh, yeah, so... You know, as you can see by the names, this board game life and this Xbox life, a little bit of a sim- similarity. And uh, so there's, you know, there's definitely a tie between the shows. And, you know, if if you love Xbox, you know, definitely check out this Xbox life. And, uh, you know, you're obviously here listening to this show because you like board games like Jeff and I.
1: And, and now you have been mentioning board games on that show as well, Some correct?
0: Yes, yes, for about the last year or so. And I've been mentioning a you know
1: here and there how's that been received i mean
0: <laughs> uh pretty good actually pretty good uh, uh we've had a couple of uh, people on uh, the show as listeners of the month and uh you know we've had some listeners you know make comments that uh you know they've been you know various you know kinds of board gamers and Oh. And uh, uh, this one particular gentleman mentioned that he was uh, actually into miniatures uh, for quite some time. So, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, just, you know, you're you're a gamer at heart. You're a gamer at heart. Right. There's and probably there's... much more oh, a-
1: overlap than anyone would, would yeah. think.
0: But I mean, there's, there's a lot of avenues to it. And, you know, we all love games, you know, whether it's video games, board games, you know, miniatures, you know. Whatever the case may be, and for a lot of people, I mean, I really think that board games, as like we know it, was like for example, you and I, Jeff. I mean, board games as we know it. I mean, it's it's something that's still um, being discovered by a lot of people. You know, where people have this mindset like what we were just talking about of, you know, board games mean monopoly. They don't really know that there's this whole other world of board games that you don't see inside the local Toys R Us or the Walmart.
1: Well, and see, that's why that's why I love the idea of, you know, Gears of War, the board game and, and mm-hmm. those titles, right? Because you've got that, um, you know, that might be the first exposure someone gets to board gaming. I mean, just regardless of what you think of the game, Good or bad, it's it's something someone might pick up in a store or otherwise see online or hear about on, uh, you know, your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they get that one game. There's the Fantasy Flight catalog with a whole list of other ones, and they go, "Wow!" I, you know. Oh yeah. Hit the website. Hopefully, Absolutely. end up on Board Game Geek and you know find some euros along the way too, because. Well,
0: and if fun, I didn't mention it before,
1: I fun. I love the uh, Mare they are called it, but uh, mm-hmm. but I like the Euro games. Uh, probably play a lot more yeah. of that. They're all good.
0: They're all good for their own. Yeah, I'm,
1: I, yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I, I like variety in the in the games. That's probably why. Uh, you know, these days I play kids games, family games, Euro games, mm-hmm. uh, war games, but. Uh,
0: Actually, yeah, variety is very important, as I found out when my wife was on her Dominion kick for a while and we were playing like Dominion every day. I, right. Oh, you know.
1: <laughs> Expansions only I, can add so much. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, going on a little side topic, I, I just remember sitting, I'm like, can we please play something else? Please. <laughs> it was like you know, after like fifteen Dominion games in a row, not necessarily on the same day, but it's like.
1: But you you still something else. You still got your wife to go from Dominion to something else directly. I I had to uh, trick my wife because after I got her playing Ticket to Ride on the Xbox, mm-hmm. and kind of told her, oh, you know, that's really a board game if you think about it, and then I go, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the 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 real version. And, you know, I, I pulled that out and she's like, well, why would we play the board game version if we've got this electronic version? And I was like, well, just sit down and we'll see. And then she's like, yeah. wow, you know, this actually is kind of fun in a different sort of way. Uh, but even then she didn't want to play anything else. So I had to get a Ticket to Ride the Card Game, which hmm. uh, you know, just because it's, I, I had to prove that, hey, look, there's another game and it's just a small little leap. Uh, what really isn't even that good of a game, but <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting rid of it. But it, it was just enough to say, okay, there's a second game that you like, right? And then from there, she was kind of like, oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll try another one. And at first, every game was kind of like, you know, ah, I don't know if I like, you know, this, you know, I got to learn the rules and you know, let's just play what I know. And well, yeah, then I had to kind of point out, well, you would, you wouldn't know about this game if you didn't. Uh, you know, play that, and then as we would go through, and I would always go back to like that last one that she played that she really loved, and go, well, you know, you got to try these other new ones because that's how you found out about, you know, this game that you're Yeah, really
0: oh yeah, and that's uh, that's funny because you know how you, how you how you had to do that like stepping because I went through a very similar situation because um, I, I think like you, Jeff, a lot of the gaming that I do is is with my wife. Yeah, not that you play with my wife, but the uh uh we started off with ticket to ride and actually i've had a very hard time over the past yearish maybe a little bit longer of uh when i first introduced her to ticket to ride to get her to try new stuff and i know i've i've talked to you in the past you know getting recommendations like hey man you know what what should i try next and you know it, it you know it's interesting how you almost have to plot your moves of, <laughs> of where to go next without trying to or without like going too crazy with it. Like today, I went. I went a little nutty. I tried to get her. To, <laughs> I tried to get her to play Castles of Burgundy.
1: Oh, the <laughs> Bergen von Bergen. Yeah. See now, my oh wife. Oh my would, god! Bad my news. wife would play that now, but it, you know. Couple of years back when we first started out, uh, you know, playing games together, there's yeah. no way. Yeah,
0: I mean, she, she was a good sport, but man, I mean, I mean, there's, I don't say there's a problem with that game. I mean, it's it's a, an issue for me particularly because I'm colorblind, but those colors are such a pain.
1: Now is your yeah. wife colorblind too or no?
0: No, but I mean, if you don't have good lighting in the room, oh sure, even sure. a person with good color vision is going to have issues and, you know, it's the afternoon today and, you know, our lights aren't too great in the dining room, but, you know, but even she was having trouble and it, you know, I'm sure that that has aspirated things a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, if there's a problem with that game, it's probably that it's too long. I think that's one of the things I see really said about it a lot. Uh, I don't find it particularly difficult. And, uh, you know, for where my wife's at, I I think it's easily doable. It's just, um, it's, it's that one turn too long thing where you've got a lot of these games now that are four or five turns, but you know, it's, uh, there's also a situation you get into with that game where, uh, you could feel like you've pretty much done everything on that second to last turn. And then now everybody else gets a turn to sort of catch up or even bypass you Mm -hmm. if you were doing really well, Mm um. But it's it's actually on a short list of ones I want to try with uh with my wife, but I've not yet done it myself. Uh, I've got a, quite a few plays in with you know game groups and others. Uh yeah. it's gone over quite well. I mean we we played it, right? No, or, we didn't. No? I thought we had. Mm-mm. Must have been another one, but uh Yeah, it yeah, was another RAB. Yeah, that's well there, I can't imagine <laughs> there being other Rob Are you
0: cheating on me?
1: <laughs> but uh yeah Uh, so uh uh, yeah so uh so moving on i guess um we should talk a little bit about our reasons for doing the show and absolutely the goals and you know i guess for me it's it's pretty simple um i just like talking about games and and uh you know it wouldn't be much fun if i were sitting in a corner talking to myself about them so (laughs) uh this gives me an opportunity to uh you know, to talk to someone, too, who has uh, some different takes, different experience, and, uh, you know, ultimately a, a goal of a goal of, a shared goal of ours, I think, is just to have uh, more listener participation than maybe some other shows have had. Uh, along those lines that we're working on setting up a voicemail number that people can actually call in and, and leave audio comments that so we can play back on the show. Uh, you know, there's some other technology ideas that We'll probably save for for a later episode to go into details, but some different uh, methods of uh, getting listener participation that uh, really haven't been done, at least on the board game uh, podcast that uh, that we've seen. So um, that's that's really it. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the goal. And just uh, chat about games uh, with as many people and uh, have fun doing it.
0: Absolutely. And for me, I mean, it's very similar to that where I I really enjoy board games. And I mean, to me, it's definitely a hobby that I've pretty much dived into feet first and the, you know, I I really enjoy talking about him. I enjoy reading about him, you know, watching videos. I'm on board game geek all the time, you know, just going through, I spend way too much time on board game geek, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, the thing, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's part of it too, you know, with Board Game Geek, it's so easy to, uh, you know, just get wrapped up in hundreds of conversations there, uh, you know, maybe even veer off topic a bit, so, um, you know, there's some observations I've made on on certain games or, uh, you know, not necessarily opinions, but, you know, just items for discussion that I'd really like to get, uh, others opinions on, you know, and, and have sort of that collaboration right. discussion. And, uh, you know, I've, I've found, uh, I found that hard to do at times on board game geek or really any forum. So I thought, you know, let, why not give the, uh, the podcast concept a try, especially with some of these other, uh, methods we've, we've talked about.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. I know, uh, I, you know, Jeff, every time that we've talked to board games, I mean, I've, always had a great time, you know, great discussion talking uh, to you about them and I know that you definitely have you know, a a very good opinion about things so and I value your opinion so I thought that you know, us getting together and doing a show, I mean, would be just fantastic and I do spend a lot of time listening to uh, different podcasts because I have a, a rather long commute these past few months so, uh, I, I don't even know how many hours I probably spend at least three, four hours a day listening to podcasts.
1: And yeah, I would say by comparison, I don't spend much time at all listening to podcasts, but, uh, if I had to define myself, uh, it would be that, uh, I'm a game explorer. Uh, I, I like, I like that definition that, uh, that others have done and put together. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that loves to try new games, uh, so much so that, it might even be that next to my most favorite game, if you've got a new game, I'd rather play the new game because I really just want to see what it's about. Uh, there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, way back when, if not a few years ago, I had a, a deep interest in game design and had had started down the path of designing some of my own games. But, of course, I've learned what is really involved in that, and that's quite a bit but just in general um you know not that i necessarily want to dissect them to the lowest levels but i just really enjoy that trying you know trying new games and all types of different games sort of thing and and you know like rob that means a lot of time researching games uh you know reading about them watching videos but you know quite frankly i also acquire a lot of games and you know i think the one thing that maybe makes me different than any gamer i've ever known for pretty much my whole life and it's might even extend to any person I've known is I'm better at getting rid of things than uh, anyone I've ever met. And that <laughs> includes games. So, uh, nice. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I think it's really almost like a tagline that I, I, I'm the guy that loves to get rid of games almost as much as I like to get new games. And, um, but yet I still have, you know, 400 some games and, and I'm by no means the, uh, you know, the cult of the new snob. There's plenty of old games, like Tigris and Euphrates that I love, um, pl- plenty of games that i uh, I even want to talk about on the show that are back you know back from the day, you know Avalon Hill games or, or whatever uh, reprints or otherwise. So I really just have an interest in in games as a whole.
0: Well, absolutely, and I mean, one of the things I'd like to do with this show is basically just have it be two guys just talking about games. You know, not necessarily, you know, in-depth, you know, turn-by-turn explanations of rules and, and all that. But just, you know, some discussion, you know, just like how you'd have, you know, with some buddies. You know, like even, you know, during a game. You know, just just guys talking about uh, about games, period, and the whole culture.
1: Then uh, maybe that's a good segue into our first news item for, for discussion. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Rob, if you want to cover that one.
0: Sure. All right. Uh, first thing uh, on the plate here is that uh, I guess uh, we're going to be losing one of uh, the more hmm, – it wouldn't be no, notoriety. <laughs> the one of the more – Podcast pro- of most <laughs> I was notoriety. Say not- yeah. Notoriety. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little tongue-tied here. Uh, but, uh, Cody and John are going to be calling it quits pretty soon. The last, I think it was last week, uh, as of this recording here, it was last week that they announced that they were going to be doing five more episodes and they're usually on a two week schedule, I believe in. So if that holds true, it's going to be about two weeks or 10 yeah, weeks,
1: right? I think it was four more, five total counting the one where they announced right. that they were. So four more. So they're kind of wrapped up in eight weeks or whatever. Yeah. So
0: that puts them probably end of
1: Marchish. ish and, and that was interesting timing because that came about two weeks after we had first talked about uh, doing a show and had gone and, you know, set up the, the website and all of that. So, uh, Oh yeah. Kind of interesting coincidence on timing there.
0: And oh, I'm going to be sorry to see them go. Cause they were one of my, uh, more favorite podcasts that I used to listen to regularly. And, you know, I, again, they're kind of doing like what I had hoped for this show where it's just two guys just sitting there, just chatting it up about what they had played and, you know, what they think about games in general and, You know, it's, it was a good show or it still is a good show in two months. It'll be, it was a good show. Right.
1: (laughs) And, you know, hopefully they'll either come back and do one every now and again, like has been suggested or pop up on other podcasts and, uh, you know, Hey, they're, they're welcome to, uh, to come on on ours. uh, If they want to uh, you know, hear it there. Oh, absolutely. So, you know,
0: Game on! Yeah, you guys put on a heck of a, a a great podcast, and I'm definitely sorry to see you guys go. All right, so Jeff, you want to take next thing?
1: Sure. Yeah, and, and really, uh, on the news items, I guess you know we're not going to be the the news source. There's plenty yeah. of other places for that. Uh, actually, a lot of the news really it it gets kind of old, right? Because you start hearing the same news yeah. ten different places. So,
0: <laughs> or you know, it's it's not news in general. It's just what we think is interesting,
1: <laughs> right, so yeah, I guess we should we'll stop referring to it referring to it as news and just go, hey, here's how about topics <laughs> topics that we we came across, and it's worth discussing so uh, you know, one that I saw was the fact that uh, there's all this hive stuff in the news now. you know first you've got the hive for iOS being re-released, I guess it is by the same developers, but under a different account. And uh this was one of the things where when I first got the iPad I went mm-hmm. to to grab this game and it was gone, missing, but yet others had it. And I never really found out what was going on with it, but apparently they've sorted it out. There was a a clone called uh Hanto, which I got, but you know the rules were a little different and yeah, it wasn't really for me. I think I was I like Hive enough that I really wanted the authentic thing. But they've announced now that it's going to be available uh, starting this coming week, I think. And basically, it's going to be free for that first week. February 9th was the date they gave. So, other than the poor Android users, Rob wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs)
0: poor Android like me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do not have uh, any
0: iOS devices in the house. I
1: see yet another. Poor
0: Android, two tablets and. Two phones.
1: Yeah. Yet another difference, and uh, of course, I've got the uh, four iOS devices: two iPad twos and and two four uh, S uh, iPhones. So, but yeah, and, and and if as if that was the only Hive news, then we've got this Hive Pocket Edition uh, that they also announced, which I thought was interesting because, well, I thought the whole point of Hive, as it was, was that you could bring it anywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It they even includes this uh, little zipper bag. That, um you know, that came in the box so you could kind of chuck the box and just, and in fact, uh, you know, when I used to get out even more for gaming, that's exactly what I would do. It would just, we would play it in a bar, get drinks, dinner, whatever, and, you know, there, there it is in the corner. Um, so I'm not real sure why you need a pocket edition other than to be even smaller to where literally it fits in your pocket. Right. Um, I just,
0: yeah, I mean, unless, you know, cause the one thing about the, Regular version is, you know, even though it's not, it's it's not really bulky, it is a little heavy because the Bakelite pieces have a little bit of weight to them. I can see that. Because it's Bakelite, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're the college kid, I was thinking, yeah, you could just slip the current one in, in your backpack, but yeah, with all those heavy books.
0: Because, you know, I've, I've tried to bring it to lunch on occasion and I would have it in my jacket pocket and, you know, it's just you know, it's got a little bit of weight to it. That's all. Hmm. But then again, they were the perfect size.
1: So there, yeah, there's a game, a game I've got that has similar shaped pieces called six, which I've heard they're actually re-releasing with bakelite. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, maybe that's a bad idea because the, the wooden ones are a lot lighter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. But you know, again, you thought I was done with hive news, right? Well, there's a third piece of hive news where, uh, they're releasing an uh, edition for Iran. What? I bet you didn't know that.
0: <laughs> no, I did not know that. I am not up on my hive news. So notes.
1: yeah, you know, of, of all the of all the languages, and i forgive me, I don't know what what language is is spoken in Iran, but uh, you know, whatever is appropriate there, they're releasing a version for it. And uh, but
0: I mean, isn't the game pretty much? language independent because it's just
1: yeah well I guess it would be the bugs. rules right yeah uh, the components are it would know, just be a matter of printing up the box and the rules and okay. uh, I saw a picture of it probably on BoardGameGeek. geek
0: I mean did they did they interesting did they have to change anything about the game you know like let's say you know there's something wrong with having a beetle there
1: you know no it's I, like... you know I bet you that's probably why it works right because there is no way to read in any kind of political angle uh you know any that i can see anyway (laughs) so uh and it's a great starter you know have you played Hive? yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah i i think it's in a a strange sort of way maybe uh sort of like chess to me but you know Mm -hmm. where i don't really care to go back and play chess much you know hive is that perfect really no luck Better player is is going to win kind of think you sort of game and you know I think the other magic for that game is just the fact that they've released two expansions now you know the mosquito and the ladybug right and both of them really do add to the game uh,
0: and both of them are in the hot in the uh, well,
1: that's the true. mini right yeah yeah so it's a good or way to pick version. those up if you didn't have them already but where even some of their other games have been sort of uh, you know. They're all right, but they haven't quite been as as good as Hive. You know, you go, well, how could they go back and release two expansions to Hive? And then they're both, you know, hits. But, you know, I think that's uh, fairly universally accepted that uh, both of those add-ons are really good additions to the game. Oh, yeah. So in, in sort of similar, uh, probably talked about everywhere news uh, at this point, but there's another version of Catan. <laughs> and uh, that's Star Trek Catan, and, you know, I I think there, for me, you know, the reason why I I bring it up, and I want to mention it, is just because that's one of those games that I am completely done with otherwise, uh, or (laughs) would have said, and, you know, I I had to think of why, but part of it is I, I got the iPad app, and because there's so many other apps on the iOS, board game apps, it's not one I've really spent any time with right and it doesn't play too or if it does it doesn't play it well uh, without some sort of you know kludgy variant and so therefore i'm not going to play it with my wife all the other gamers i know have either moved on you know to other things or if it's a new gamer you know for me i always liked adding in a little bit more like maybe seafarers you know, uh, like East Seafarers, just right. to give it a little more interest, and uh, you know, so that's too much for the new people. You know, the, the more serious gamers have moved on. So there's really not been a lot of reason to play it. You know, I, I had it on Absolutely. the Xbox. You know, I, I played it once or twice, um, and and ultimately, if I break down the game, the the trading part is just like the old game Civilization. Uh, which is one of the more popular Avalon Hill games that people still want to play, right. you know, and it works differently, but you know, that's really the magic in the game is the, is the trading part. And there, there aren't maybe enough games that have had that work well, but everything else for me is just kind of blah, you know, okay, I've got some resources. I built this. There's a little bit of connection, you know, the, the dice rolling can get annoying and you know really uh, like for me there's this event card variant where uh, you don't have to roll the dice anymore and the you just play these event cards and they come out in a a more statistically correct way so you know if the 10 doesn't come out for you know the first 10 cards it's kind of guaranteed that it's still in the remainder of the deck right uh, statistically appropriate number of times but i seem to be in the minority with that where everyone else kind of likes rolling the dice so that's mm-hmm that's kind of why I said goodbye to Catan. Right. Right. But now there's a Star Trek version and, you know, I'm not really a Star Trek fan. I, you know, I watched the next generation and I've, I've been in and out of the other stuff. I like the movies a lot, maybe more of a star Wars guy, I guess, but. uh, Yeah. A
0: lot of people are usually one or the other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just like the battles, right. I always, was, you know, being the war gamer and stuff, it was like, I want to, I want to fight it out. I don't want to talk it out. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got some comments on fleet captains, you know, later in, in the show. But, you know, really, when I saw that they had the Star Trek version of Catan, then for me it was like, wow, this this really is about the closest to a themed version of Catan that I would actually consider picking up or playing again. And maybe it's just themed well enough that I might actually get somebody else to play it with me or at least try it. Right. And, you know, again, for those Xbox Sort of listeners or those newer gamers, you know, to go, we'll go buy this sort of themeless version of Catan that, you know, the first time I thought it was like a foreign planet. When I guess it's, I'm not even sure still to this day. I think it's like an island, just a made-up yeah. island. Yeah, I think it's
0: supposed to be an island.
1: That's right. But I always thought it was like an island on a, you know, an alien world because it just settlers of Catan just sounds like this alien planet or something. <laughs> uh, but in any case. Or- it's you know. it's an
0: island in the Mediterranean.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of those.
0: And you do trading.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but, and you know, and there's some new stuff. I guess they there's some cards that represent characters, but basically, you know, it's the resources, it's dilithium and all of that. Mm-hmm, so right. Uh, you know, the at the core, it's still the the same basic game. I probably would have preferred if they'd made it a little bit more complicated and included maybe some of the expansion stuff and. But I understand why they didn't, and, you know, yeah. I, 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 in any case, I thought it was neat, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere, I didn't know that they could get the Star Trek license.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, lately, at least, not lately, but I guess within the last year, there's been quite a few Star Trek titles, so.
1: Well, yeah, WizKids, yeah. you know, Star Trek Fleet Captains, the one they did before it, uh, that not as many people liked, uh, that, uh. Canitia did, or however you oh want to say
0: yeah, that. I forgot the name of it. Um, I yeah, know what. You're about. Yeah, so and I, there's, I uh, there's had, the card
1: game too. Well, yeah, the deck builders, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe that explains it, right? But you know, for board games, I would have thought WizKids maybe had the license, and so then you see this board game version of Catan. So maybe it's a non-exclusive license, right. and we'll see lots of other Star Trek stuff. Um, and, you know, that's kind of interesting because then I would hope maybe Fantasy Flight can get the Star Wars board game license, right? That when they next renew whoever has exclusive rights, maybe it'll be a little less exclusive. And, um, you know, s- just like Fantasy Flight can, you know, that's what's kind of interesting to me. They can carve out, they have the miniature license. They have the, I think, the role-playing license it is and the, the card game license. Um, you know, why isn't there this distinction between hobby game board game license and, you know, mass market. Because um, it's now it's come out that I think the license for Star Wars is, you know, basically so there's Star Wars Monopoly again and, you know, Star Wars Life and Star Wars Risk and all that same type of stuff, you know, through whoever that company was. But does that really compete? I mean, if you've got these Star Wars board games out by Fantasy Flight, is that really going to stop somebody from buying Star Wars Monopoly? You know, I don't yeah, think so. yeah. Just just like you, just like a miniature game is is not thought that way, right? So, uh, I think they need to, you know, create one more category for that and, and let me have my Star Wars games from Fantasy Flight that I oh, yeah. so so want.
0: And you know, I, Catan was actually when when I got back into board gaming uh, a couple of years back, Catan was one of the first games that I picked up. And what's interesting is that. I've literally had it on my shelf for at least five years now. I have never played it, <laughs> yeah. and even I was actually looking at it the other day, and uh, the the cards were still in the shrink. <laughs> so, so I you didn't even I,
1: break the cards open.
0: Yeah, I mean, I opened up the the package, the game. Yeah. So, so the game itself was open, but I, unshr- I, I unshrink. The cards.
1: And and I and, play with at least one serious gamer who's never played Settlers of Catan. You know, he's plays Wallace games mm-hmm. left and right, but never played Settlers of yeah. Catan. I think there's just this you know, it's almost in the Monopoly category now where
0: I mean it literally gamers is. don't want to
1: touch it. So
0: there was an article I saw, um, I don't know if it was in the Wall Street Journal. It was within the last six months or so. And they literally said that Catan is essentially or it was wired was Wired Magazine. Uh, Catan is literally the new Monopoly.
1: Well, yeah, and you, I mean, you had it on, uh, uh, you know, The Big Bang Theory, and, yeah. and in sp- I, I suppose more it was it's popular enough that enough people would get the jokes uh, yeah. or see the reference. You know, I mean, I guess they've also used made up games, so I, you know, yeah. you probably can make jokes about anything. But yeah, the the good old wood for sheep joke. They, yeah. Uh, made no apologies for borrowing that. <laughs> yeah. So now I I did
0: see some photos of the uh of the Star Trek Catan
1: board. And it
0: looks I mean I don't think I've, it looks yeah, I have do seen that but yeah, it's it's really dope. Did they dark. change
1: it up? Uh, I know it's supposed to be a space station or something like Well
0: that from what i remember and i just looked at it briefly from what i remember it was really dark cuz i guess it's supposed to be outer space, space and then each sure. you know how in catan you've got the different areas whatever right they are, like mountain mountain desert plain right. whatever it is so in catan it's planets yeah, i mean so in star trek catan it's planets okay so you see this big black i don't know what was that is it eight sided octagon or however many sided? you get this big board and hexagons, it's got, I think they are hexagons. Okay. That would make it's sense. A, yeah. It's a hexagon and it's got all these like planets, these different colored planets. It seems very busy, but yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know if I like the look of it, but that's just me.
1: So moving on anyway. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> enough about. Controller. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Uh, Next thing I want to kind of hit up here is what is up with the component quality in games lately? And I've got a couple games just that come to mind immediately. Walnut Grove, uh, Aura et Labora, or Aura and Labora, depending on who you talk to. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was one more, and I can't for life me remember what it is now.
1: <laughs> oh, because I've got the uh, the two that you mentioned. So yeah, I was hoping there was, there was one maybe that was even worse that I just no,
0: there's another didn't one I, know of. Actually, no, no, I, I think it was, it was. I think it was the uh, Bergen von Bergen. Okay. I think that well, was
1: uh, so. Let's let's run through these starting with uh, Walnut Grove. So what's what's your complaint there?
0: Okay. With that one, okay. When it comes to games, I have two different... mm, There's two different things that I usually focus on. Number one is the gameplay itself. That's very important to me. And then I have the components. I am a big component person, I guess. Um, I, I, I love how certain you know pieces look and feel and also it's important to me how easily they punch out of the uh sure. the frames
1: well and so that's where uh you know i'll say uh i think there's a difference from years ago because you know being the war gamer i think most of the current war games still you pretty much have to punch out with an exacto blade <laughs> so I, i'm i was kind of used to it I'm in fact uh I had at least one serious injury as a as a teenager <laughs> using my exacto knife uh it got away from you yeah, yeah, and there's a tip of a finger missing because of it, oh wow, but yeah you know, it's it's just i mean I had to go and get stitches, but you know it it's grown back you would you wouldn't know other than the slightest scar mm-hmm. uh, but you know yeah would, that's would so, that be uh, a war wound? It would be, but that's, you know, a warning (laughs) against, uh, I guess, letting your teenagers uh, play with really sharp X-Acto knives and dozens and dozens of counter sheets. But, yeah, you know, I didn't clip or whatever. You know, I still don't clip the counters. That's a a big thing in the war game world. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, even I would say maybe when I first started back in this round, you know, 2008, 2007 or Mm -hmm. right about there, there was still publishers where I would use the, uh, exacto blade. Okay. Um, and I think right after that, then, you know, just a couple of them really got it down and, uh, you know, like queen games comes to mind, I think, you know, right where they just typically just almost fall right out of the sheets. Oh yeah. I mean, you, uh, you, and they're I'm... solid thick pieces. Right. But they still, you know, they don't have the little, um, you know, phalanges I, I call them, but I, I don't know what, if there, if there is a technical term, I'm, that's the one I'm giving to them. Uh, but that's uh, you know for me, I, I didn't really find Walnut Grove or At Labora all that all that bad with those. I mean, they're, you know, there's not they're not as good as as some of the ones before them. But
0: well, okay, so with Aura at Labora, that one I I know has had a little bit of chatter yeah. on Board Game Geek uh, about the component quality and
1: see, you know, I, that, I found so that... that's one I can I can agree with you better on okay. in, in terms of I know. There's some definite things that, that shouldn't have been the way they were. Right.
0: So, I mean, with that one, I mean, the copy that I got was not anywhere near as bad as some of the photos that I've seen online. However, all of my, let's call them boards, all of my boards
1: are warped. Right. Which and But the funny thing about that is I don't even know if you could call it warped because they're so thin to begin with that that's almost like bending. I mean, you're not even, it's not like how a actual mounted board becomes warped. Right. And, and you can't fix it. I mean, this is like a piece of okay, heavy duty card stock. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like cardstock that you just have to kind of try to bend back without creating a crease. Because, right. Because, you know, it's, it's, they're it's, so delicate.
0: It's you, you try to bend it in the opposite direction, only have it, only to have it read. It's almost like memory board <laughs> where it always seems to find that curve. I mean, it must've gone through a press like a printing press well, and picked up.
1: I, I actually have the same problem with my, uh, with my original printer. Now I've got a new one now, but when I would print uh, I have cardstock and I would print uh, my player aids on the cardstock. And because it kind of loops around in the back of the printer, they'd always have a little bit of a curl to it. Yeah. That just took a long time. I mean, I'd actually, sometimes I'd just laminate it even, you know, just because right uh, you know and you would think uh with modern printing methods that there'd be a way that they don't curl up but it's probably you know with the moisture and the drying um you know i've got a, i've got air conditioning but i've noticed sometimes even when they have them in like that shrink wrap uh, or that little bag like fantasy flight i'll right. put them in as soon as i tear that open they sort of immediately kind of curl up just by hitting the air. <laughs> they
0: suck in all the moisture <laughs> from your house. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I mean, I, I have a dehumidifier and a humidifier. You know, I have, I would yeah. consider a temperature controlled room. It's it's not even in the basement, right? I mean, it's above grade as they call it. And yet I still have with these thinner boards, you know, issues. Uh, but for me, Aura Labora, I, I can actually forgive the chits and the paper thin boards the the ones that bother me and the one that uh you know i know that there's an issue with the game because my wife actually commented on the quality and she's never one to comment on the quality of the game uh but the reason she did was not just because those uh the player boards were curling Mm because they were uh but the cards the little cards that you play on the squares were curling really and so when you take curling cards and put them on a curling board oh yeah they spin (laughs) it's it's was it it was almost humorous right so i had to immediately sleeve it and you know that's i i don't mind that so much i'm not a sleever i i i tend to sleeve games that either have a very few amount of cards um, or have cards that you just handle a ton, like maybe a roll selection card or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Um, but this isn't a game that I probably otherwise would have sleeved, and you know I prefer it being my choice to sleeve it, right? Because I'm gonna, I, I, plan to play it a lot or something like that, as opposed to I have to sleeve it because the components weren't up to par. Right. Um, so sleeving it fixed the problem. Um, you know, bending the boards a little bit. They've they've kind of settled down for me now. I've played my copy a, a couple times uh but the but the we'll say the unforgivable one is really those dials um and other people have commented and I agree that you you've got the dial on one side there's no um selector on the other side so if you play with different numbers of players you basically have to dissect that um spinner
0: right separate the little plastic tap guys or
1: and and in a way that doesn't damage it and sure you know right i mean as people again have pointed out it like is it really that hard to do that no (laughs) but if you're doing it 20 times or 50 times right i mean i I would imagine over time um you're going to start to to damage the components or wear them out and it's otherwise just kind of annoying too because uh i mean they have the player count in like little shadow figures, but that's covered up by the dial.
0: Yeah, so that, you,
1: that, that's messed <laughs> up. You have to kind of, you know, remember, you know, to look just, you know, again, if you've played a bunch, you kind of know how to how to read the outer rim and, you know, what counts what. But it just seems like it wasn't really well thought out, you know, that, two more little yeah. dials and it would have been fine.
0: So I found myself having to take it apart just so I could see which, sure. which uh, side it was and, on.
1: And it just, you know, when, you're, when you make a game, you want it to be as, as easy to pick up and play as possible and as easy to pick up and play again. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what keeps a game, I think, uh, in the running. keeps people playing it, keeps people talking about it, and then it, it adds to the longevity. So uh, they've made some mistakes here that if it wasn't, you know, and we haven't really talked about what we thought about the game, but I, I think it's a really good game um, myself. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, I think they'd be in some, some real trouble.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, Now, you you know, know,
0: I I, kind of agree with that because, you know, there's a title by a pretty famous designer, you know, pretty uh, well-known publisher. And if it wasn't for that, I mean, they literally probably – everybody probably would have just ripped it apart or it would have fallen into obscurity.
1: Yeah. You know, the one other complaint uh, that I've seen is the size of the cards and – you know the response by uh, Lookout was they you know they've used small cards for table space reasons, and okay. I I see that I guess but you know in other games like Agricola you know you have that center board that takes up so much more space than just this dial does right and yet you still have the player mat you know in Agricola specifically. I don't think it was a good choice because when you're trying to read and now I've played this mostly two player but you know when you're trying to read the cards across the table it's a lot harder to do with little cards yeah. than than large ones and that was already kind of a problem with well you know Lahav has so many more cards but you know this seems ripe for an expansion right little expansion card decks and stuff sure. like that just like all the other ones and so yeah now it's not that hard to get kind of familiar with the cards and you know, there's a good reference included. So you could kind of Mm -hmm. look up what you wanted, you know, even the player aid, I guess has that and you go, okay, well now just ask who has it. But the reality is, I don't think that's how every gamer approaches it. Right. You you kind of just want to look, okay, what is, what does she have? What does he have? And you know, I've got pretty good eyesight and (laughs) I can't see across the table from, (laughs) for most of them. Get
0: your binoculars.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it was a it was a bad choice. Um, and in general, I agree. I think most people that are going to buy that type of game, that particular game, are going to be willing to spend five bucks, ten bucks extra, even for the boards like Agricola had and the full size. Absolutely.
0: Stars. Oh yeah. So. And I was actually really surprised when I opened up the box and it had the little mini cards is i i I don't know why but i mean i remember even watching a video where a guy did a walkthrough of the game and yeah you don't necessarily
1: know the perspective of the yeah uh,
0: i i had it in my mind that they were just you know regular size or your euro size cards
1: and and i have a lot of games with that size card that just Mm -hmm. don't bother me you know uh the only one yeah it has
0: the little ones right
1: yeah yeah the original does um but yeah, even that one, there's not much information on it. But people have found the larger ones easier to handle, oh, and that's what they've done in the in the later ones. Because I can't shuffle
0: uh-huh. little cards; I have such a hard
1: time with that. That's true. I, I was thinking more like uh, like Cuba. I think has the little cards, and mm-hmm. but they're only really used. You know, you vote on them a couple, and you know they're placed out. Right. Um, and that's true with Aura at Labora. I mean, you're not like holding a, a huge hand of cards. But I just think, you know, with the text, there's so much information on the card. That's really when the difference is there, right? I mean, if it's – a lot of games will have – they'll have some large cards, especially Fantasy Flight, right, and some little cards. And the large cards are going to be the ones with a lot of the text and a lot of the, you know, the, the the ones that you hold in your hand maybe more. And the little cards are more of the, you know, just played for combat or this or that, and they've got a couple things on them. Right. Um, so, yeah, I – Maybe maybe it's because the game is so good that I'm more willing to just give them kind of a pass because at the end of the day, you can correct most of what's wrong. Sleeve sleeve the cards. uh You know, another complaint is the fact that the player's aid is is not just not printed on cardstock, but it's got to be about the thinnest paper. It's vellum. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is a, a you know a, I think a valid complaint. I, you know. I have not seen a player aid on lighter weight paper than this. Yeah. So,
0: I mean that now actually going back to the cards for a second. I mean, do you think that there is a cost reason why some companies go with the smaller cards? Like yeah. It might be cheap. Definitely a lot. Oh, cheaper uh, yeah. it's It's
1: it? got to be cheaper. You know, I think even when I was pricing out back, back when I was, you know, working on game design stuff uh, before I sort of, permanently put that, you know, on the back burner. Um, You know, there was a lot of difference in even uh, just number of cards and and things like that. So uh, that argument could be made, you know, if we use the full size cards, uh, you know, we couldn't have included as many as we, not that there's that many in the game anyway, but uh, I
0: think the cards are usually done on a big sheet and then they're cut, right?
1: Right. So you're getting more, so, more um, cards per sheet exactly. with the smaller ones, right? So so there's less. I don't know,
0: I not know what you call them. Not die, Would it be dies or plates? No plates. I think it's uh, that's what they call them in printing. So it's less plates that they have to pay for.
1: Yeah, but and, I, you and, know, on this it's a pretty standard cut, so I'd imagine there's just a standard plate, and it's more the material cost of there's just less sheets and less ink, and yeah. therefore it's lower cost. Right. You know, uh, I'm I'm sure with the game boards it's you know, similar.
0: Yeah, and and that player aid, I mean, just printing it well, on that super that, thin that paper, makes no
1: sense. I, yeah,
0: I mean, most games they do it on you know the heavy stock. Paper, because, I mean, it's something that you're going to have in front of you all the time.
1: Well, and although now that you bring it up, it seems like for years I was talking about how, what's with all these games that don't even have player aids. You know, we have to go to the Board Game Geek and grab, you know, Universal Head was doing them for a while. And uh, so maybe maybe that's the way to look at it and go, you know what, at least they included one. (laughs) And, you know, I'm just not left to all those rule books, which, you know, what are there, maybe four rule books in the game? Um, oh, yeah. There's the setup sheet, there's the quick rules, there's the full rules, and then there's the reference guide. And, yeah. again, I kind of like when they when they have multiple things, but uh, there's at least one too many with this. I You know, I'm constantly kind of shuffling uh, the papers going, okay, which one has the information I needed. Oh, so, yeah,
0: exactly. And, uh, you know, depending on the player surface or the playing surface that you've got, I mean, you don't necessarily always have – the room to have everything out in front of sure. you i know for me i play on our dining room table and half of the table usually has some stuff on it like a laptop or you know lazy susan or something so i've got a confined area and i find myself having to keep like moving stuff around so i can fit those things in front of me
1: well it's you know uh you know, Race for the Galaxy, a couple of the, the Rio Grande games, they put mm-hmm. uh, the, the abbreviated rules in like a different column. Right. You know, that's kind of neat. I, I, I kind of like the idea that we've got separate rule books. Uh, you know, Mage Knight is one where you have a rule book that's one's a walkthrough and oh the other one's gosh. the detailed rules. Yeah. But um, but I mean, I, I actually kind of like that approach because when you're done with the walkthrough, assuming the other one's complete, you pitch that one in the box yeah, and you yeah, maybe you never, a- never go back to it. That's the difference here, though, is because I've got all these different things, but there aren't really any that I can put away, you know, in, in the way that they were done. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it's more of a shuffle. But, yeah, I'm just going to cut my play raids apart and laminate them, I think. Uh, oh, you mean cut but... them in half? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about that myself.
1: Which, you know, even that makes no sense the way they did it because mm-hmm. if you're going to do the 85 by 11 they have – there well in the game there's the the French is it the French- yeah the French and the Irish version that you can play, right. so one side of the player aid has half of the information for each of those, and then the back side has the other half, right, yeah. so it works out good if you cut it, but sort of as given to you, it would have made more sense to have all the information for one on one side, so then when you flip it for the you know playing the other game, then all the information for that game is on that side right. Um, and, and if they intended it to be cut why didn't they just cut it and,
0: absolutely you know? I was wondering that myself
1: <laughs> so now I got to get a paper cutter or a pair of scissors and you know it's just I feel like I'm doing a print and play right with all the I gotta laminate this or cut that I got to sleeve this you know it, <laughs> it's the problem is I don't think they're really like I said with the exception of the dial it's all forgivable for me but the problem is just the extreme difference via or versus the ones before it and right. mm-hmm. and not only that, but at a time where Z-man just sort of got bought out, and you know, the Z-man version of this is, well, you know, the Z- I mean, people are looking at it.
0: The Z-man version is identical. I mean, isn't it's the same thing as the uh, the European version?
1: Right. Well, I mean, didn't
0: it's just in a different box? Yeah. That was my interpretation.
1: But in other words, you could accuse them of saying, okay, right. we're gonna we're gonna try to make more money. We're gonna cut quality. We, you know, we didn't just buy the brand name, you know, to, to continue things on the way they had been. We're, we're gonna you right. know, try to and, and I think that's at least the way that some people are seeing it is, you know, it's a little coincidental. Okay, this game comes out and at the same time it's you know one of the first ones Z Man had their change and yet we've got this reduction in quality right. uh, without a reduction in, in really price.
0: Yeah, and I mean Aura Labor is a really pricey game. So I think and here in the U.S., it listed what for seventy,
1: yeah, something like 70
0: that, seventy or maybe I don't think it was eighty. So I mean, for a game that was so expensive, I mean, I the, for the copy that I had, you know, the the boards had a curve to them. Uh, there was one board of the chits. I don't know what you would call it—one sheet or whatnot it was not die cut very well. And I actually had a couple that, uh, tore where the back side of it kind of tore, uh, through the frame. So I've got a, I still haven't totally trimmed them yet. I needed to use an exacto knife or, or, or whatnot to get those trimmed. But, uh, there was that and there was something else. Oh yeah. yeah. The little plastic guy for the, for the dial, the rondelle, uh, right. that thing has a little split in it. So it's huh. like starting to break.
1: Yeah, I just looked it up. I've paid 45 bucks for my copy, and that's at online discounts, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the more pricier Euro oh, yeah. games anyway.
0: So, you know, going on to some of the other games, uh, Walnut Grove, It's it's... You know, maybe I'm nitpicking some of this, but I mean, the Chits, they definitely, let's say, were not like a Queen game, but I could see how, you know, being that they're all squares and they were all kind of, I think they were all tied together. No, no, they weren't tied together. Um, They didn't come out as cleanly as... Right. I've been used and, to lately,
1: and I, I did notice that as well. And, and it's—I think it bothered me there because this is a tile-laying game, and yeah. you really want those tiles to butt oh. up next to each other. Oh, without I, having that.
0: Yes, and and I remember the other thing of Walnut Grove now. This is the key thing when I initially thought of this, and I'd forgotten it up until now, and that's that almost every freaking tile that I had was offset.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure. That happened to me as well.
0: Yeah, so, you know, for, for people that don't have this game, basically you have your own little player board, and then at the top it's got a bunch of different regions that you then place a tile, you butt it up against the board, kind of like Carcassonne, and you continue a region. So you might have, you know, like a mountain region next to, like, I don't know, a lake ocean water, whatever you want to call it. And they kind of go off at an angle. They're, they're not like straight up and down They're, they're they go off at an, at a, dia- a diagonal. So if you put this piece, let's say right at the edge of your board, it doesn't line up. So the water, you know, might end, I don't know, like a quarter inch off of, um, what is it? The map. Yeah, the, the your player board. And, you know, it's not a huge thing. It doesn't detract, but it just, it, it you know, it just doesn't look nice. And and, uh,
1: and and see, that's probably something that does bother me more than the actual quality in a right. game is, especially with those round chits when you've got, you know, and they put a circle on it or something and it's just way off on one side.
0: Oh, the coins?
1: Yeah, you know, stuff like that, yeah, right, yeah. where you can just tell that, you know. It's
0: off-center, yeah.
1: There's there's supposed to be a little box on these uh, cardboard sheets where the, uh, you know, the operator can align it, right? The dot's got to be somewhere in the box. Um, I know a, a couple of publishers use that, and, and uh, that's what I'd looked into back when, right, with printers. Uh, that's supposed to give you no more than a certain give. Right. Uh, and basically, so basically when the operator sees if that's out of that box, they immediately, you know, stop it and realign it. Stop and, the presses. Right. Before they run, you know, the whole. Uh, and that's why it's pointless to even write the publisher and say, I want replacements, because they, they probably were printed all at the same time. And yeah. if one's all misaligned, they're they're basically all misaligned. Right. Uh, you know, until they do another printing. Oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah, you know, I, they're misaligned, but it it could be worse you know it, absolutely and again I mean, it's probably just because i've seen worse and i've seen ones where it really bothered gameplay uh and was far more annoying where this is kind of just aesthetically not as nice as it could be right um and with the corners you know that was an odd choice you know attaching them at the corners i guess uh, i guess if if you're going to have those wide phalanges as i called them it's better to have them at the corners than Those sides slides. right <laughs> uh because you could also probably clip them easier at yeah, the corners yeah. you could clip the corners so for me i you know after over the years i've just figured out a better way of punching things out you know i kind of i kind of punch the top two corners and then i kind of rotate it back and forth until the the you know it just falls out um and so i, I never really get torn corners um uh, you know, I didn't with either of those two games. So, you know, if I don't have to go back with an exacto knife or a pair, a pair of nail, nail clippers, I'm usually happy, even if even if they don't look quite as nice as I'd, I'd like them to. Oh, yeah. Um, and and I, I guess you'd probably get people on the other side, too, because if they just kind of fall out, then you open your game, which happens plenty of times with, say, queen games. Right. And there's. 20 chits free in the box, right? Cause, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, There's, like,
0: so many know. games. Like, you lift you lift those <laughs> little chit sheets out, and then they're,
1: like, p-ching, p-ching, they're everywhere, falling onto the floor. But I'd rather have that, right? I mean, at least I can, you know, line them back up and make sure everything was there. Uh, yeah. You know, at least it's a clean punch.
0: You know, Oh, yeah. And, like, the the last game, and, you know, kind of touched on it briefly, was uh, the Bergen van Bergen, where... It's just I, I, it it's very minor, I'm not going to go into the color, because I mean
1: we've well, we that
0: before. But it's just they're so thin. It's
1: okay. You know, so
0: yeah, I, I just wish that the chits were a little a little thicker. And to me, it,
1: and and the boards are while while not on lightweight paper, it's it's you know it's nothing that could approach mounted. It's again yeah. like a, a little cardstock that has a little curve to it. Oh yeah, the I, I first mean time, so.
0: There was uh, one of the Spielbox magazines this year. It came with four boards.
1: Yeah, I still have to pick that one up.
0: And, you know, it's like if you can get four boards for free in a magazine. <laughs> yeah. You then see they're... where I'm going with this? If yeah. you can get four boards for free in a magazine, it shows you how cheap they are to print. So it's like, couldn't you just put it on something a little thicker? But I mean,
1: but but again, you put it on something thicker, and then you—they warp (laughs) that too. But now you put those boards out in an expansion, and people go, "Ah, see, they're just you know trying to grab money, putting more boards out in an expansion." No, what? what, And maybe, maybe you didn't don't think of this because uh, you're focusing on the from the colorblind angle. But do you realize that for non-colorblind people, that the colors are off? What? So, so, at least in my copy, the uh, the yellow ones I think they are are actually light green. All the yellow tiles, and that's particularly a problem Do you because mean
0: everywhere, or just on the chits, or
1: on, on the, to the board, on the chits, all the all the chits are uh, like a light green. And uh, they're supposed to be yellow, like, in the on the back of the book and oh, everything. Oh, yeah, I
0: know what you're talking about, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so and it's particularly bad because there's a, a bunch of other greens. There's dark green and there's... The
0: castles.
1: Yeah, the dark green castles, and then there's the regular green uh, pastures. Yep. And so now you've got this sort of light... So now you've got three greens, which, you know, again, it's not really a problem once you've played it. You know, we'll say twice. But... When you're introducing a player for the first time, it's it really is confusing. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's been every single time. And it's a game I've taught a lot because it's one I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of cursing that mistake each time. Oh, yeah. And, you know,
0: I was just going to say that the quality of the player boards isn't really that bad for me because... You know, once it's in front of you, it's in front of you and you really don't it doesn't move, really. But the the chits the thickness of the chits is disappointing.
1: You know, my other aside from the color. My other question here too is why have we not seen Rio Grande put out a better quality version than the European counterpart, right? Where it's sort of been the standard, especially with like these little Leia games, that you know, they they haven't always had the best Art and and whatnot uh, and and you know they they tend to have the thinner components, but it seems a little lazy maybe on Rio Grande's part that they just kind of take it and and publish it the same way it was.
0: So uh, actually, quick question for you because I, I know the U.S. version came out not too long ago.
1: My understanding is it's identical. Oh, I, yes, I don't. Okay. I don't. I have the original. I don't. I don't know for sure. Yes, but, so do I? Um, but that's been the practice in the past when, for at least for any of the games that I've got, where. Uh, maybe I did get the European one ahead of time and I go, Oh yeah, I'd love to ditch it and get the U S printing. Uh, but here it's like, other than that, it's going to say castles of Burgundy on the front instead of, you know, at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Instead of at the it's bottom, awesome. which most people didn't even realize it actually had the English at the bottom, but, right. uh, you know, what else, what other difference really is there going to be, you know, maybe there's one erratic correction or something, but you know, why not improve the components and use that, um, you know, to sell even more copies, right. To people that already have one, you know, even for the minor, minor improvements, somebody would go out and buy a lot of people, fans. I would,
0: I I Uh, would definitely too. And, and they don't even like for castles of Burgundy, they wouldn't even have to do a whole lot. It's not like they would need to, you know, redo like molded, you know, pieces and, you know, spend all this money. It's just, it's just doing a little thicker stock, And maybe change some colors around.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so you do that. You you fix the colors. You thicker stock. You know some corrections to the rule book if if it even needed any. You know you've got the English box cover. Great. You know that's that's enough. I would I would I would acquire a copy. But you know it seems like I don't know. You know a lost opportunity maybe.
0: You know maybe maybe like when they were printing it, it, it the conversation went something like this. Hey, so-and-so, I'm not going to be stereotypical and say any names. Hey, so-and-so, we're really low on blue and red inks. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> we use a whole bunch of those in, in yeah. Poseidon's kingdom because of all the yeah. uh, water and stuff.
0: We, we've got a lot of <laughs> greens and browns. <laughs> Forget all those colorblind people. We don't care. We'll have their money before they realize. No, well,
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it was – I. it might have been you, but somebody who was telling me they were colorblind. Because there's quite a few colorblind gamers that I oh, play yeah. with. And at one point I was just like, oh, this this must be one of those other stereotypes then. It's just something about colorblind people and, you know, they play lots of games or something. But then I, I Googled it or something like that and uh, I don't remember what the statistics were, but it's I, – I didn't realize – Quite how many people actually have some form of oh, yeah. of color blindness, and and my point in saying that really is not to you know raise awareness or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is like in, in the board. I just think you like you see these people that will go on board of game geek and go, oh, you know, this game it's so hard. You know, like like you said, because of the the color choices, uh, and I think in particular maybe it was about uh, the one I'm remembering was something about eagle an eagle game, and I don't remember which one. Uh, although there's been some color problems with like railways of the world and stuff that even I can't tell the blues from the purples and stuff. I get confused, you know, with the color matching right. with the board. Mm-hmm. But anyway, basically, you know, the response has been from a couple of the publishers, you know, that's, you know, essentially to like imply like it wouldn't really benefit that many people. But it seems like maybe the demographics on that are off a bit like that. It almost needs to be on the list of things to review as they're doing art direction. Mm mm-hmm. Um, you know, is, is this better or worse for?
0: Oh yeah. And I mean, it, it really comes out in really odd places sometimes where like Quirkle, I think I was telling you where I have the hardest time with Quirkle where it's got blue and purple, which are colored a certain way that, if the lighting is such, I have a. Re- I mean, I really need to look at it and almost compare to other pieces to see what's what, and also the red and orange. And yep. and I'm not. Well, I, I'm red and green colorblind. I, I don't really even know. I don't understand why the blue and purple. I guess purple has got red in it or something. Yeah, that might
1: be it. Well, I, but, you know, there's a there's a game Airlines Europe. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. The red and orange, I can't hardly tell apart. Oh, really? It's been a common complaint. It's just the hues they picked, and yeah. uh, again, if you're not playing under like a a, a real natural light spotlight, yeah, uh, in normal sort of mood lighting, they basically look identical. You know, so, some people have even like taken a black sharpie to the red ones or whatever, just to differentiate them. So oh, it's yeah. uh, it's it's not just colorblind people with with some of these color concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You know, I think, again, stuff like that starts to add to the number of times you won't won't play a game. You know, just for, for little, I wouldn't call them petty things, but, you know, it's you know, people get confused or, you know, oh, because yeah. they don't follow, they end up not liking the game where they otherwise would have or Cause, I mean, uh, whatever the case is.
0: Because, like, thinking about Quirkle, which...
1: Mm, well, you don't like the game anyway, you know? Yeah, I
0: mean, it's... <laughs> It brings back too many flashbacks of words with friends. See, but... and that's
1: and that's my. I, I still have a copy and shrink, and uh, you know I'm late to the game on trying it. Yeah, but I don't dislike... don't
0: don't show it to your wife. She'll like it too I know. much and
1: make you. Play. I I, I dislike it by association to word games because I'm not a word game fan. So. Yeah, uh, and and I'm just probably because that's not the type of thing I mm-hmm. I find enjoyable in, in a game mechanically. But
0: because yeah, when we first tried playing it. Uh, it, my wife has since put marks on the on the little cubes so I can discern the colors, which sort of helps a lot. But um, I, it was really frustrating for me because when you're sitting there trying to figure out if two pieces are the same color, it really ruins it ruins any strategizing. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's just like you you can't strategize because you don't know what you're looking at all the time and. You know, that's, I guess that's another game, you know, well, I'm not going to say that's component quality, but, you know, just, just, to, okay, just going back to the component thing here, just kind of wrap up.
1: Um, We've been know, spoiled by certain publishers. <laughs> yeah. And and,
0: and, I, and I'm going to go on a little tangent again. I, I just got money. the, I just got the puzzle strike upgrade kit mm-hmm. uh, the other day. And do you have puzzle strike?
1: Jeff? No, no. I, Did you I've, ever have uh, it? I've never owned it, but I I know uh, quite a bit about it.
0: It's – I mean, these um, discs – I'm going to call them discs.
1: Right. uh, It comes
0: with – The original take on
1: Dominion that did something other than cards, right? You had discs and then you got warriors with the uh, dice and, yeah for –
0: They look like – yeah. They look like poker chips, essentially. Exactly. That's what they're made to look like. Right.
1: And and And, I don't – did that come after the Dominion? Somebody did a Dominion version on poker chips. Is, is that where that idea came from, or was it the other way around? I don't actually
0: Um but, It was uh, – I believe it did come after Dominion.
1: Well, I know it came after Dominion, but did yeah. it come after these sort of home-brewed poker chip versions of Dominion that I've seen? Oh, I don't know. Because uh, I always thought that would be an interesting way to to maybe make Dominion fresh again, but I you know, yeah, <laughs> never cause... cared enough to actually make one, and I haven't known anyone that – that had one at a yeah. point where we were going to play it. So. Yeah,
0: because uh, Puzzle Strike, if I recall right, originally came out, it was it was printed on wood, on wood chips. Yes. So I think yes. they yeah. switched to the chipboard, I think, on the third printing, second or third printing.
1: Yep, it's gone through quite a few. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I've never seen the wooden one, so I, I can't really comment on it. But, uh, I mean, you look at these things, they're like an eighth of an inch thick. So, I mean, they have, like, quite a... And this is another game where, you know, I would... I You know, I, I, you lift the little chip chipboard up, and then these things are just falling out. <laughs> they got, like, two or three on the floor. But, you know, it's... You know, when you have games like that, and, you know, games like Survive you know, where they have decent quality components. And then you look at some of these games that are like, so
1: and and decent quality at not a high price too. And that print print run, well, the print run on survive might've been a little bit bigger, but, but in general terms, some of the print runs on these things, aren't, you know, all that different. The pricing isn't all that different. And then you, you, you even, you know, and that's the mistake again with aura is just even the history of that own series of games has been able to have been up to a certain level of quality. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm all for them making a couple extra bucks or whatever, but I'd rather it be by increasing the price of the game, you know, for $4 or something. Yeah. uh, than by decreasing the quality of the components.
0: Exactly. It's just a little, it's a little disappointing. You know, I mean, is it going to keep me from buying it? I mean, obviously not. <laughs> I mean, well, now,
1: now they can put out a deluxe edition, especially as good as the game's been received. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe that's the thought. Uh, you know, just everybody will clamor for the, uh, the Agricola mm-hmm. thickness on the boards. And there are more boards, right? I mean, you know, if you were to, considering you can add on these little expansion boards, um, I think if you were to... You know, calculate the real estate of all of them. Maybe um, it's more than than Agricola, but mm-hmm. and, and and you know, actually, that's probably the other part about the card size it's it's not so much the size then or the cost of making the larger cards. It's the fact that then these boards would have had to been larger, which I think I would have bought that argument if they were the Agricola quality boards. Mm-hmm. But now that they're the cheaper boards, right? I mean, okay. So if they were full size cards, you could have made the board twenty percent bigger, and what difference would there really have been in the price? So,
0: and and plus also, I don't know. I, I don't know why this kind of sticks in my mind, but there's no insert of any kind in there. You know, you know, some games have that little yeah. insert in the box. that's just a plus. You know, we
1: well, uh... don't
0: even have that. Least Aura Labora doesn't, and Walnut Grove. All it is is just a box.
1: I want to have the insert discussion with you, but I'll save that one for next time.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Why why don't we move on to? (laughs) That's a whole discussion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got some things on that one. All right, all right.
0: Tune in next time. Okay, so uh, just a a quick rundown of uh, what I've been playing. Uh, Played. uh, Actually, in, in about the last week or so, I had uh, a bunch of games of uh, Ascension, Storm of Souls, and uh, we're pretty big fans in this house of uh, Ascension, playing yeah, out of it.
1: That's the third one, right?
0: Correct. Okay, it's, I
1: do not have that one, right? Yeah. It,
0: it is probably the best out of the bunch, it's standalone. So the original game, the original Ascension Chronicle of the Godslayer, uh, is a bunch of cards and it comes with its own board. It's standalone. Then they came out with uh, Return of the Fallen. No, right, or is that Return not?
1: of the Fallen? I have yeah. that. That's standalone, but only for like two players.
0: Yeah, it's it's standalone, but it does not come with a board,
1: and right. it's less very small amount of cards. Yeah, it, it's. And... it's it's not Plus like, the two player limit or whatever. Yeah,
0: it's not that great by itself. It really needs to be mixed in with
1: the original stuff. Yep, and set. that's how I play it on the iPad. I I play it mixed.
0: Yeah, and uh the third one uh just came out over the holiday season uh 2011. And uh Storm of Souls, uh it's fully standalone, comes with uh a really nice board and I haven't really compared the art on them, uh on it compared to the previous ones, but it does look a lot better. The board itself looks a lot better. Uh otherwise it's it's kind of the the same Uh, For the rest of it, but it is probably the best of the bunch. Uh, We do not mix it with any of the other Games, and it's just a lot of fun. They introduce some new mechanics to it where some cards Linger from turn to turn so you can essentially save them so um, You know like a card will give you a special ability and Like let's say like to draw a card you can save it for that critical time before you really want to deal some pain or get some points. Uh, other than that, I've uh, been playing some Finca with the wife, uh, and we've also been playing it on Yukata, also, which is uh, online.
1: See, um, you know, I, I always pronounce it Yukata, but I don't. I don't Yukata, Yukata. Yeah, I Maybe. don't know how it's pronounced. I think that's how it's pronounced.
0: Well, we have get it. We got to run it through uh, one of those uh, German pronunciation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y- y- de. It's, it's another one of those uh, German sites. But... Yeah.
0: And because uh, I think y- Yukata is actually a game, isn't it?
1: Right. It was the first one they put out when they yeah. made the site. And I've been on that site since, uh, well, I guess with my current login, it's probably about the same 2008 or so when I got back into things and and even then I, I mean they they're now they're adding like two games a month or more
0: which is uh, really nice and
1: yeah and I don't know of any other site besides uh well I'll even go so far as to say I don't know of any other English friendly site that has as many games oh, yeah. uh, that you can play non real time right oh, um so with that qualifier I think it easily um then would be number 1 oh absolutely
0: I mean, lots of good stuff on there. And so, and maybe this is a discussion for next time, but uh, I really enjoy Thinka in person a lot more so than online for uh-huh. reasons, which I'll get is, into later on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll have that discussion, but uh, I, I, I have Thinka on my recently played list as well, uh-huh. and with the wife, uh, and it was a Yucatan play, and uh, I call it a fail. So, uh, and I, and I do own the physical version as well. So you should try that. Yeah.
0: It's a whole different experience.
1: Oh, I agree. Um, and it, it's been some time, but you okay. know, let's, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, save that discussion for next time too. Uh, okay. when, when, and in, when, in, uh, if, uh, electronic versions can replace, uh, physical versions, mm. uh, you know, maybe that's a, a good question to throw out to listeners too. Absolutely. Uh, you know ascension's another one you know is there a point in time where that'll happen uh is it happened already for you we'll discuss it next time absolutely so what else have you been playing
0: so there's finca which like when i first played this game i didn't know where i was really going to go with it but i really enjoy it it's it's a nice game i don't know if i'd really call it a filler it's a little bit more than a filler but uh i i enjoy it it's it's good stuff then uh I played a couple games of Kahuna.
1: I'm a fan J- of Kahuna. Oh, you like Kahuna? Yes.
0: Yeah, so are you the big Kahuna?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm better at it than... Uh, it's one of those games that the first time someone plays it, they think it's just complete chaos and random card draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it certainly can happen that way. But it's one of those that I think after you kind of get a feel for what the strategies in the game are, you're going to win much, much more than you're going to lose. Uh, another game that's like that that is on now is Dragonheart. Oh, yeah, which, yeah. Good game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, that's another one where um, a lot of times playing it with somebody for the first time, they're like, this is just random crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, you know, I, and I think that's one of them that I'm not as... Uh, or, or let's say I, I, I do teach some of the strategy, but I'm basically always win, you know, against a first time player. Yeah. And uh, you know, if it was truly just random garbage, you know, I don't think that would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, those are those are uh, those are neat little games because they're they're both little games. Um, quick. But but yeah, quick, but maybe worth. Uh, and, and it's a perfect example of where yukata you know shines because you can go there. Uh, you know, play once, kind of get a feel for it, you know, play it, uh, you know, and again or a third time, you know, maybe even, I don't know. I guess there's probably people that never buy the physical bot, you know, that's part of that same discussion, but, right. uh, Kahuna would be one where I, I played it on Yucatan and then went and bought the physical copy.
0: Yeah, that's actually what, what we wound up doing too.
1: Yep. Finca's the opposite. I had the physical one before it was there, but, right. uh, okay, so what yes. else?
0: Yeah, Kahuna's, uh, Actually pretty good, and uh, I was doing an upgrade uh, over the weekend for a customer, and I actually brought it to work, and I played it uh, while we were waiting for the four-hour-long upgrade to complete. So I, I played it with one of uh, the, the customer people over there, and uh, neither one of us got fired, which is good. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing.
1: So I got so- paid to play Kahuna. Now, how, did you know that he was into board games or? No, I just. Just kind of pulled it out and said, hey, you yeah, yeah. need something to do. Well, so. hey, 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 watch how you say it. <laughs> it.
0: So I, I had it in my you, you backpack. You pulled out the big thing, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had it in my backpack. I actually usually travel with a couple card games just in my bag. I usually have like one solo game i have something goofy like onarim or whatever and you know i just have them there just in case uh see
1: my my favorites were always hive and uh battle for hill 218 oh
0: yeah a yeah really
1: tiny little one but it is uh man
0: that game's hard
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah you, you sent me the uh the link i think to the or you told me about the java version
1: yeah there's an online version yeah. and uh yeah I, th- I
0: actually beat that once, only once,
1: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> by sheer luck. Right. It's, it's tough. But it's that, very it's, tough. Uh, it's proof that you can make a good AI. I mean, it is a simpler game, I guess. But I, I guess it's also just proof of, of, you know, hey, there's the average person going there is going to lose pretty much every time. And yeah. So there's depth to this game, this little card game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's it's worth your, your investment, your, your $6 or whatever it costs to get it.
0: Oh, yeah. Then uh, okay, other than Kahuna, I played uh, Walnut Grove. I played it uh, solo, and uh, mm, I, I, I need a couple more plays for that. I, I for some reason definitely wants to like it, and I think I will. It's just it's different. It's it's very different. I, I like the designer of it. The what Tuco Tuco Calio something like that. I, I wish I was reading his.
1: Now, that's a, I'm Maybe. not familiar with what else he's done. Do you know?
0: He did Eclipse.
1: Oh, that's right. He did
0: yes. uh, Principato. Yeah.
1: Okay, I just picked that one up, too.
0: Yeah. I've got that, too. I haven't played it yet.
1: Yeah, it's on my short stack of yes. of next... I think it actually is the next game to play.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I think Eclipse was a... Uh, he, he did that with someone else. So it was, he co-designed it, and then... I think Principato and Walnut Grove he did
1: by himself. There's, yeah, there's two names on the box of Walnut Grove, but two, uh, okay. It, it you know, you never know.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So, a very different game. I had a really hard time with the directions.
1: There's I, some weird things to it. Uh, you know, the rules are all of four pages, so it when I see a game like that, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, it I can't remember the name of the game, but there was like a little midway uh, or a series of little war game card games that came out. And, and they had two pages of rules. And I was like, oh, wow, great. Just what I want, you know, a really simple just military themed game I can kind of throw down and play with someone kind of maybe uh, as a gateway into more serious war games. But the, the reality with that game was it wasn't two pages of rules. It was a 10 page rule book with eight pages missing. Right. So <laughs> yeah. it was, you know, disguised as a much simpler game than it really was, because um, right. because all I had was questions and there was no clarifications, no examples, no. And, you know, this game is nowhere near that bad, but yeah. it, it does kind of you, you see the four pages, you know, which is, you know, after setup rules or whatever is really only three. And you kind of think, well, yeah, it it probably should have had an extra page or so of some extra clarifications. You know, I didn't. I didn't really have too much problem with it. I think I, I, I played it. I've played it just once um, with my wife, and mm-hmm. for us, I think. You know, well, on, on my part, I think what it, what the issue was was I kept looking for there to be more to it. You know, there's these different, you know, colored cubes that you get: the blue cubes, the yellow cubes, uh, and the white cubes that mm-hmm. feed the, the associated different colored workers right? and uh but there's really no other difference than that and you can go to a space and this particular space just happens to sell these three cubes and uh other than the gray ones which are the ones that you turn into these greater victory point tiles it it kind of didn't seem to matter so much when i chose one versus another and the other thing i was having a tough time with is you get these extra bonus points for putting a fence around everything it didn't seem like I really had that much control on if I was completing a fence or not, you know, sometimes maybe I could pick a piece where it didn't otherwise matter. And I could, you know, I could kind of do that, but now it's just a one point swing. And, you know, maybe the game was almost like too easy in a way. Like we never either, neither one of us ever took a loan and, you know, oh, like, the
0: help from the neighbors.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I know in a, in like deeper economic games, of course you're not supposed to, but typically anyway, um, uh, mm-hmm. But it just seemed like, okay, if the first game we were already playing well enough that, you know, we could... And in this game, you know, you have to to feed all your workers and you need wood for the fire. So there's like two things you could run out of. Right. But I didn't really have trouble with either one of those. And, you know, the board, you kind of go around in this circle on the board. So we definitely both liked it enough to to give it another try. Right. Which... uh, is actually saying a lot because we play a lot yeah. of new games and stuff, and it's easy with a lot of these to go up. Oh, no, nothing special. Throw it on the trade pile, sell pile. Like I said, yeah. I love to get rid of games, so uh, <laughs> it's it's nowhere near that. It's yeah. it's definitely one we're going to play uh, at least two or three more times, and then you know. And the other thing is, it plays so quick. There's no real reason not to.
0: And you know, there, there's something about the game that is like likable. It's,
1: I, I, it's yeah, I, and I see that. But there's a in the back of my mind, I'm also wondering. Since it is sort of that combination of Agricola and and Carcassonne, which I think is maybe oddly a, a sort of valid summary, are those both other are those two other games better? You know, to where we don't really need this one. You know, that's not really a good combination of the two. And I don't know the answer to that. I I think with the tile laying, it's probably not as satisfying as it could be. But right. with the other stuff added in you kind of have to defocus some of the tile laying complexity or else you get a deeper game than they were going for. So right. so you have still some unique things with the tile placement where, mm-hmm. you know, the number, um, you know, again, it's sort of hard to describe without seeing it, but you, if you place like three tiles with forests and then you place a worker there, you're going to get three goods because there's three tiles. But yet each tile may only have uh, three boxes, two boxes, one boxes, or maybe even no boxes that you can actually store goods on, and then you, you know, the excess goods have to go in a barn, which oddly is also where you put your money. So I didn't kind yeah. of follow that thematically. Like
0: I, I had a hard time trying to manage. It's like you know, I, I could get more money, but I could never fit it.
1: Yeah, well, but money is also goods, and that's what some of the questions were, is like, when can I use the money? And it, it really is a wild for everything, so right. if you can't light a fire, you can spend money. But the money is weird because it's victory points, so there's zeros, and it, ones, and twos. And it's unknown. Yeah, when you take it, you take it from the bag randomly, so you could take four twos, and I could take four zeros, and now you have eight victory points, and I have none. I didn't really like that. And, and you don't know, because you have to have them face down, right? Right. But... I think where it works is because there's so few spaces to store money on that basically, and actually, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Eclipse. I think that has you know, there's, is it Eclipse? Um, there's a couple of recent games now where you have some a similar thing, right? Like each time you win, you grab one of these chits, and you're basically trading them up through the game to where you're you're obviously going to throw out the the low valued ones. That's kind of I think the purpose here is like the zeros you just use as a wild good. You know, Mm or, you know, you don't go for the wood. You just use those this time to light your fires. Right. Uh, The ones you maybe try to hold on to, but, mm, you know, it's really the twos that you're ultimately trading up for. So if you get the twos early because you drew them, you know, you drew the four twos, the problem is you're probably going to have to – it's going to hurt you to hold on to all four of those. Yeah. Versus me where I didn't have to and I can get them kind of slowly or you're going to have to pitch two of them anyway. And – so I don't think it's quite as random as it might seem, but it was definitely something to like kind of like watch. Right. Uh, so.
0: Oh, and, and another thing that was really well, I guess with the, with the issues that I had with the rules, another thing to mention was that I don't recall finding anywhere the instructions that say that you had to move in the same direction.
1: Right. It like yes. it didn't spell it, it out. It all kind the- of. There's all these assumptions, it? right? Where it kind of you're kind of assuming that because of the you know what it says, but you're not really sure.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I kept I, I remember reading through it. I'm like, you know, does it mean I have to keep going in the same direction? Because it keeps talking about how you can go around the entire board then land and land on and the you, same spot.
1: Yeah, and you pay money as you pass these two spaces. But, but so it taxes. Wouldn't... Yeah.
0: So I yeah. mean, it's just goofy stuff like that, uh, which is I guess minor once. Once you know how to play, maybe they'll come out with, you know, a revised edition of the rules. Maybe it has something to do with translation. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, but, you know, in this case, I think because of the the fact that it is only four pages of rules, a, sort of a simple f- fact sheet really yeah. covers it. It It's not, uh, you know, you get one of those longer rule books and then there's so many little corrections or omissions mm-hmm. that you almost need the, the reprint or because right otherwise on. you can't keep track of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to read through, like, like some of the fantasy flight games, you know, you got twelve oh, pages of clarifications on top of the yeah. already wordy fifty-page rule book, and it's you know it's bad enough the fifty-page rule book, but now you've got to kind of you know when you go back to the game that second time, you can't just reread the rules it is it is uneasy as that is. Yeah. Now you have to go and and as you're reading, kind of remember well what errata changed, what I'm now trying to remember. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's you almost got to if they do publish the PDF, you got to print out a second copy and just throw away the original. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's nothing like that. I think these are, these are simple enough questions. If you go on the geek and you get them answered or, you know, Hey, we covered a couple of them right here. Then at that point, it's a simple enough game. So
0: actually you don't need to throw away the original. You can just put it underneath the insert. Yeah. Oh, wait, (laughs) the one there
1: isn't. Well, we're going to talk about that next time. So
0: (laughs) yeah. Okay. uh, And then, uh, uh the last one I want to talk about was Friday it's a little solo game from Friedemann Fries
1: so this is like, this black friday or no this is no uh,
0: no no it's uh just regular friday friday actually no, i don't have the box here it's it's a it comes in a little teeny tiny box maybe like you know about 5 inches square it's a solo
1: game oh okay yeah this this uh, i'm talking about a
0: yeah, yeah, you're talking about Black Friday. I think the one it's got like a bull on the yeah, front. Yeah, this is this is the uh,
1: this is the guy on the desert island. Yeah, like, uh, what was that movie with the uh, um, <laughs> uh, castaway? No, uh,
0: no, fright. No,
1: you think I, I Marco Polo? The, no, the Tom Hanks movie where he's oh, talking yeah, to a volleyball or castaway, whatever. Castaway.
0: Yeah, Wilson. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's it. So okay. I, I don't know anything about this game. What is oh, it? Oh no, no completely well, off the radar for me
0: okay excellent well prepare to get a a couple minute uh thing on this game because uh freedom Fries is uh i guess one of my more favorite uh designers uh if he had a fan club i would be in it i guess and uh well actually i i just discovered this but i mean so his name is freedom Fries
1: so wait, so that's the guy who did do Black Friday. So yes. how can he do two games with this? <laughs> okay,
0: go on. Well, I mean, I, maybe you weren't aware of this either. and Our listeners, you guys probably knew or, or or not. But okay, so Freedom on Freeze is this guy's name. He's been designing games for Oh, they all years. start with F? Yes, okay. they all start with F. You know, I
1: think I did know this.
0: And yeah. and his company is 2F Spiel.
1: Got it, okay. Yep. So
0: he's got his... his a bunch of his games are, are Friday.
1: I'm terrible with names. So it's-
0: Funkenschlag, which is what, Power Grid, I think? Funkens- isn't, yep. isn't that what it is? Okay, yep. yeah. It got renamed
1: to Power Grid. Power Grid in English.
0: So and then there's Fearsome Floors, Famiglia, Furstenfeld. I mean, yeah. all of his games start with an F, although I guess Black Friday <laughs> it starts with a B. But <laughs> yeah, that's, there you yeah. go. All, most, well, almost the, the, all those the, games the black is in I've a
1: smaller uh, uh font.
0: So. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Or maybe it's just Friday and it's in black coloring. So it's a Black Friday. But this one is not a Black Friday. It uh it's a little solo play game. It's it's card based. Uh comes with a bunch of uh these little uh, chipboard player mats, maybe like four inches square. And uh what you're basically doing is um, you are uh, trying to progress through time and um, I'm kind of doing a bad ex- explanation of this thing, but you go through several stages and you're trying to um, fight your way, I guess, off of the island and as... Uh, the guy, the main character of the, of the game, I think his name is Friday? But the Marco Polo guy. He's. Whatever the guy's name is. He uh, He's trying to get off
1: the island and it's, eventually. It's about he Robinson fights. and Friday. Yeah Robinson, yeah,
0: Robinson. Yeah, Robinson
1: Caruso. Robinson Caruso. Okay, so like okay. the book. Got it. Yeah. The, or- and, the original castaway.
0: Yeah. And then this guy's like getting older and he. I don't say gets stupider and he gets more incompetent and that works against you. And what you're basically doing is, as you're playing the game, you pull two cards and you look at them and they have various complexity levels. And there's three different levels. So in the first level is the first part of the game when you run out of cards, you go to the second and the third, and the game gets harder because your like attack value is higher with the different levels and then you have a couple different decks you draw cards from your second deck and you try to match the numbering on your other card that you chose you might choose let's say one that has like an attack value of 2 so when you're pulling your cards you have to pull you might need to pull like two cards to reach a value of two, where one might be zero and one might be two, or it might be one and one. And you get these little life counters that you just keep, you know, trying to use up to draw extra cards. And ultimately, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to fight your way through all of these cards, and then you fight one of two pirate cards at the end. And if you complete that, you win. I have never won this game. This game is at least for me, like impossible to win. Wow. I, I've read about these people on Board Game Geek. They're like, I don't know what's, you know, this game's so easy. I <laughs> won four out of the last, you know, four games, four out of the last five games I played, and I, I'm like, I don't even get close. Well, I mean, I just get annihilated right in the beginning. How well does it play, too? It's a single-player game. <laughs> so that
1: was a setup. Yes, it was. So maybe that might have even have been why I, uh, I just sort of uh, put it on the back of my mind. I I, I remember seeing the box, but... Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it's an interesting little game. I mean, it's definitely fun. I found out, I, I went on a business trip um, last week to California, and I found out that although it fits on a tray table in a plane, you cannot play this game when you're going through turbulence.
1: <laughs> okay. my
0: cards were all over the place <laughs> they were like sliding on eventually i, I packed it up i'm like i, I can't play this that's,
1: it was, where, that's where you pull out the android or the ipad yeah there you go except when you're descending
0: well yeah actually we, we can't pull out the android because there's really no games for it ah uh, well at least no you, not many board games. you
1: you could ebay it and buy an ipad
0: uh no so as as a you know solo play game, I think as they call it, not a single player game
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's actually pretty fun it 's definitely challenging and it 's a good time it's for me I, I find it a little frustrating, which kind of puts puts me off of it just slightly, but I know that there's some day that I will actually um, I will actually win at least one game
1: now have you gone and read any of the strategy on? Sites so like Board Game Geek? Or- I
0: don't like to do that.
1: I yeah, think. see, that's what I was going to say. Probably, uh, especially since it's only a single-player game, I think if you went and did that, it spoils the whole point. right? Yeah. And- then, then maybe it is too easy, and what's the point in playing at that point?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a mechanic to get rid of the cards. So what you... And it even tells you in the rules. You go through this mechanic of discarding cards, for example, to thin your deck out to give you a better deck. But I still haven't quite worked that mechanic out because it's like I don't want to get rid of too many cards and I think I'm just hanging on to too many of them. So you just got to find that sweet spot of you know where you're just getting rid of enough of the right cards to give you a really good deck. So, I mean, it's Friday um, from freedom on freeze, definitely an interesting solo play game. And that's also one reason why I like Walnut Grove also is that it is a solo play game.
1: Yeah. However, it has, it's able to be played, but right. Right. Without, uh, sacrificing much.
0: Yep. So how about you, Jeff, which, what you've been playing?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I was so, Aura at Labora, obviously I've, I've played that, uh, already mentioned mostly my thoughts about that. Uh, Really enjoyable. I'm not sure yet if that's going to replace other games like have for me, but uh it definitely could. In summary, I think to sort of skip the detail on that one. If you're somebody who didn't like Urquula and didn't like Lahav, I think you may still like Aura at Labora. I think it's it is that good. It's more forgiving. You know, I hate to say easier, but you know, it maybe is a little less frustrating. Maybe that's the right word. And uh, at the same time, there's a better spatial element than any of the previous titles for me, which is something I really enjoy in a game. Uh, The fact that where you play one card next to another card matters for points, or sometimes is even an invalid placement. There's a lot of that in that game, and uh, that really adds something of value to me. And some of the fiddliness with how you put out goods is taken away by the way that the dial works. Uh, the, the card mechanics are interesting because while you can use somebody else's building, you're actually placing their worker on it, not yours. Uh, and yet there's times where you can't do that. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Definitely. But definitely thumbs up. Uh, another game I've played uh, a lot of is Kingdom Builder. Yeah, I like that. Uh Yeah, that's one. You know, it, it's... It does get some negative press out there. Uh, again, maybe for being just too simple, or just hey, go for the easiest victory win. But it's an interesting game, and I, I think uh, I've m- mainly played it with two, which is uh, a lot of people have said not the best number. But I've enjoyed it with two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's differences with uh, with four players. Areas are going to fill up quicker. With two players, though, I think there's more uh, importance on what area you play in in the first place, and what what spots in it, uh, how you manipulate the cards to get to other areas of the board, uh, and that's another one where I think there's some easy rules misconceptions about you know like when you have to you have to place three buildings in this in the game, and a lot of people think that you have to place them all next to one another, and you don't. <laughs> you have to place them next to a building you've placed previously. Uh, If you can. Right, if you can. um, But even if you're playing three, uh, you know, and if you've got buildings spread out across the board, you can still play one next to this building that you placed previously and one next to a different building that you placed previously. And in the third one, if there's nowhere left, and of course you can play that yet a third spot, but pretty much anywhere of your choosing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of ways to manipulate how that happens. The other thing I like about the game is every game is different in sort of a dominion sort of way, because you've got only, uh, these four special tiles, uh, out of, out of the, uh, well, I guess there's only eight in the basic game and you've got only, uh, three scoring cards out of, uh, is it 10, something like that. Uh, and so then those different combinations basically kingdom make every cards, game. yeah, kingdom cards, it. Yeah. but it makes every game feel very different. And, uh, you can see the value in, in picking up an expansion, you know, and it, oh, it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I kind of joke, but it's almost like the guy who designed dominion designed this game. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, there is an expansion coming out, I think in February.
1: Yep. this Month. Yep. I, I've got it on pre-order. And, and yeah. yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know, he did that with dominion too, where he had like 10 expansions already done. Oh yeah. Uh, before the first was ever released. So I, wow. I get the feeling like that that was the case here. You know, it, When they, when he designed the game and when they first laid it out, they probably had 30 uh, of these tiles and, and basically just picked a set that worked well together or whatever for the or base game.
0: They, he had the whole game done, and then they said, okay, leave half of the game out yeah, and we'll true. make three expansions out of it and then put the rest as the main game. This is, I, actually, I'm, I was actually looking... Uh, at the expansion, uh, actually, I think it was this morning or yesterday morning. I was checking it out online, and I've got the uh, the promo from Board Game Geek. Mm-hmm. It's a little castles promo. It gives you two little castles that you put on. And
1: yes, yes, uh, yeah. I haven't picked that up yet myself, but I think I will. Uh, more scoring yeah. bonuses for mm-hmm. the end.
0: And I did. I've played it two player mostly and i did play one game with four people where uh three of the people have never played it before so it was kind of like a gateway game for them and everybody picked it up pretty easily uh it, it it's easy enough to teach people the first time through you know for a, as a gateway game i don't know how well it works as a gateway game yet but uh you know everybody liked I, it pretty much
1: yeah i i get the feeling like it would be tough because while it's easy, rule-wise, I don't think it's so obvious how you like manipulate strategize. it strategy-wise. Yeah, yeah I, even compared to, say, Ticket to Ride, where you know you might still do worse than an experienced player, but you kind of get yeah. it, uh, or, or at least most people would. Uh, right. you know, I think Kingdom Builder's a little bit... And that's maybe some of the negative press on it, is if you just did you give it a quick look and you maybe have the wrong... Again, like Dominion, maybe you get the wrong set of combination of things that's either one's clearly better or they're just otherwise the blander versions, yeah, you might go, so what? As compared to, you know, a different combination where you go, wow, this is, you know, there's quite a bit I can do to manipulate what my score is.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there were some instances where I found that in the four player game, actually in the four player game, I thought that there would be a lot more, getting in the way of other people but I didn't didn't really run into that too much I don't know if it was just because I was playing with a bunch of newbies there definitely is a lot of room for kind of like blocking people like if if you really get into it I mean you can kind of like take over areas and and block access to
1: you could circle around a a mm -hmm. city or or a bonus tile essentially and keep them out
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, a quick question to you. How were you, all of your boards lined up? <laughs> Here I go with my
1: components again. <laughs> mine are – I would call mine well-aligned. Uh, you know, I see a little little bit of black bar, yeah. but no, you know, even uh, warping-wise, I had one – for some reason, one was just slightly warped, but now that I've stacked them all together, they're all perfectly flat. So I, I don't yeah. – uh, you know, th- actually – This was a game I was missing, like, six uh, houses. Oh, really? No, it was nine. An extreme amount, yeah, Uh, of the uh, unpainted ones, the the nude ones, as as, uh, they're often called. The nudies? Yeah, and, and, you know, like, a lot of games, it doesn't really matter, okay, well, nine's kind of a lot for any game to be missing, but, uh, yeah, that's a a first for me, you know, normally, in fact, uh, I think Walnut, all these, I'm always the guy, I get to, like, the half-cube yeah yeah. and you wonder like how did they not you know notice that and just throw it aside and
0: actually on walnut grove i've got a quarter i I do as as
1: as do i and and i always you know i don't know you know the the ocd uh ghost in the back of your head wants to wants to say oh you know write them in and and get a replacement but i guess technically they're complete so I probably just go through too many games now that I, I don't bother with that stuff. But on this one, you know, nine missing and in a game where the, yeah. the game ending condition is that you used up all of your uh, <laughs> houses. So, so that's, I think uh, there's 40, right? 40 yeah. 30. And so I that's 31. like 31. <laughs> yeah. And so literally I'm like, wait, I, I, I probably counted it like five times because I, I can't, you know, something's got to be off or there's some area under the insert which, you know, has another bag or something or. Uh, you know, some of those games where you purposely have less for, like, the fourth player because, you know, there's a different number that you use and a certain number of uh, – and, and so you're not free to choose any color. You kind of have to choose a certain color with different number of players. Uh, I was looking for anything like that here, but nope, sure enough, I was I was missing nine of them, which they replaced uh, plenty quickly. So no, no complaints there. I was also w- wondering about that because I think they did come from overseas or something, you know, because Queen – isn't really uh, doesn't have a U.S. presence, right? So, but yeah, uh, see, other other than that, another game I played recently, Starfleet Captains. You know about this game? Uh, I've heard of
0: it. I've never played it, and I've okay. and I've seen it. <laughs> so, uh,
1: I, I picked this game up. You know, it's not immediately one that I'm likely to, to get played with my wife, but uh, you know, there's some glowing reviews about it. Really hyped up. Uh, especially, you know, to drop Tom Vassell's name, right? I mean, he it was game of the year or something along those lines, right? Or at least he really, really liked it. Being a sci-fi fan, and I'm a huge, huge sci-fi fan, you know, I pretty much had to have it, right? Little nice plastic models, of tons of components. It's probably 65 bucks. And I actually I played a friend's copy, not my own, so I hadn't even read the rules. I just I think I'd skimmed through part of it, but I was disappointed, unfortunately and uh not in a way where i i would say i dislike the game or where i'm looking to part with my copy anytime soon of course again i played it just once but uh nothing like i expected it to be and uh, that was disappointing to me so a couple examples of it would be of course uh playing as a federation as would probably be thematic and true to the show i really didn't have any combat objectives uh, or purpose so uh Primarily, my uh, my role in the game was just going around and, and scanning tiles and uh, rolling dice a couple times over a certain number to be successful doing that. And uh, I think you I think you I draw like uh, I don't know if it's like ten missions or something like that. And so one of them, because well, you draw some random ships and you know based on the numbers on there, you draw certain types of missions. And I basically had one combat mission and nine of these other sorts. So really the game seems sort of uneventful versus the Klingons, which mostly have to do combat and ensure they closed in and we kind of fought. But even there, there's this thing in space games where there's a uh, and it really came from Star Trek, right, where you, you you make the shield stronger, but then you have to to dial down weapons. Right. Or if you want to move, you know, give full power to the engines, then you've got to, you know, your your weapons are offline type of thing. Uh, and I, I've seen that tried in a lot of games and it's either more complicated than it needed to be, or maybe just didn't work in a way that, that was satisfying. But unfortunately, that's what I think of the way that they, it was implemented in fleet captains too, because basically, even though you can turn these clicks, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't seem like it really mattered. You know, when I move, I'm on the, the maximum move click or within a few of it, and then I get a free twist mm-hmm. anyway, and then you know, I have enough for combat. So then the only time where it really kind of matters is if I know I'm going to be attacked, then maybe I'll set it a different way. So, uh, you know, the kind of, the combination of, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of combat with, you know, the dials weren't as interesting as I thought kind of left it, you know, kind of math for me the the first time, you know, and and I think probably if I, if I knew more of the shows better, uh, like, of course the first card I got was mirror universe, which is a, some, famous episode okay. so immediately the klingon hand went to me and i gave my you know it was like uh, the admiral is now on the klingon fleet or whatever and that that kind of messed me up that was turn one but at the end of the day the, the theme mm, you know we switched hands right i mean i don't know if the flavor text uh was really there really meant much to me uh so you know that sort of sums up There's not a whole lot else to say about that one. I definitely want to play it more. I'm, I'm still excited to play it more. It's. Uh, I just hope my other plays are are better once I understand the game right. more. And we, we kind of messed up some of the movement rules too, so there might have been a little bit there. But yeah, so I guess at this point what I'll do, I'll just run through some of the other games. Definitely want to get them played a couple more times either way. One of the games uh, is called Basilica. It's a two-player game by... Uh, Rubble.PL, I think they're called. This a little Polish company that put out a couple of okay. other popular tiles. Uh, this was a game I, I'd had on my radar, but I took off, had an opportunity to play it, really liked it. Um, there was a lot of negative comments about this game, enough that that's why I overlooked it. But I actually, I went and ordered a copy. It shows up tomorrow, so I'm going to get to play it some more. First Sparks which is, uh, some people call it the simplified Power Grid. Power Grid's a game I'm not as big a fan of as, as a lot of people, though it's still in my collection. I really liked First Sparks.
0: And it's a Freedom on Freeze
1: game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. First Sparks, uh, I also thought it played well with 2, um, the way that they incorporate that, and I'll probably elaborate more on that next time. Two-player mechanics I like and don't like, and uh, because there's a pseudo third player, but not really. And uh, Albalonga, which is uh, another game I, I kind of had on my uh, wanted to, to try list. Yeah, I've never uh, heard of this one. This is an interesting game. Um, you know, and I've got some. There's some things I liked about it. There's some things I don't. It wasn't as good with two, but there's some interesting things there. Uh, a game I played a lot, Castelli, another queen game. Uh, I got that played about three times now. It's a game I'm still a little undecided on, so I'll I'll uh got to do about one more play of that, and then I think I'll have some some full thoughts. And uh, picked up uh, Takinoko, or Take Noko, I think the rules say it is. That's the little panda game. Panda game. Yeah. yeah. Pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> Wife and I both like that one. It's, uh, really? It's uh, it's simple, but it's got some neat things to it. Uh, only have one play though, but was very encouraged by the first play. And then a game, you know, the other game I've got uh, that we played three times now and uh, not so big a fan of is Dungeon Run. And, and uh, mm. I'll save that, thoughts for that on next time as well. You know, that's um, that's pretty much what's been on the table for me.
0: Excellent.
1: I hate to kind of do an abrupt end to this
0: episode over here, but maybe we should uh, call this episode... Uh... Complete episode number one.
1: We'll do a couple episodes here uh, just to catch everyone up on on who we are, what we like, what we've been doing. You know, I, we kind of like to uh, keep the show shorter than probably after that. Oh, absolutely. All right,
0: let's uh, let's call this thing a success over here. Pilot episode. I hope we get picked up for a full season by the network.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send us your thoughts. Um, we'll if, be. If uh, not, we'll go to FX. <laughs> we'll be uh, putting a voicemail number up in our, in our next, one of the next shows. And uh, Rob, if you want to throw out some email addresses, uh, sure. Listeners can send some feedback to, or any, some of any of the questions we threw out, uh, send us your thoughts. All right. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Uh, You know, feel free to check out our website at www.thisboardgamelife.com. Also send us an email if you have any questions or, uh, you know, something you want to know, just send an email over to contact at this board game life.com. That's contact at this Also, uh, we are looking to take some questions from listeners. So please feel free to record yourself. Send us an MP3 of your question. And we'll put you up on the show in like a little, uh, listener question area. And, you know, we'll, uh, respond to it on the show and you can hear yourself on the show. And we're looking to get a voicemail set up. We'll probably get that set up uh, by the next show or two where you can call in and leave us a message. Again, we'll put it up on the show. You know, we'd love to hear from you. My name is Rob. And this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you all time. later. Yep. Till next time. Mm-hmm.